Studio Stories, Studio Stories. A podcast reminiscing on Twin Cities dance history. All stories are connected, new ones woven from threads of the old. Hi, I'm Matthew Jindusky. Welcome to Studio Stories. Today our guest to share a bit of their Twin Cities history is Heather Klopschen. Here in Minnesota since 1999, Heather currently is the chair of St. Olaf College Dance Department and a principal dancer with Stuart Pimsler Dance Theater. I'm so grateful to have worked alongside her in many different aspects. She is a force with her love of dance and dedication to this art form. Hello, Heather. Hi, Matthew. Uh, <laughs> thrilled, thrilled to be here talking, talking with you. Yeah, me too. I can't wait to dive in and uh, thanks for joining us today. I'm super honored to call you friend and have also had the opportunity to create, dance, perform, and teach with you for so many years, uh, dancing for Arena for five plus. And I think you are an absolutely expressive and beautiful mover. Um, always such a treat to have you in the studio. And I'm so looking forward to diving more into your story. Uh, can you give us a little summation of your beginnings as a dancer? Where did it... your dance world start for you? Sure. Um, so I grew up in Orange County, New York. Um, I was first in Highland Falls near West Point. And then uh, the majority of my young life grew up in Goshen, New York. And I began dancing as a two or three year old in the basement of my house with my father uh, to disco eight track tapes. Yes, I'm just <laughs> that old. <laughs> um and then formal dance training began at four um, at the Garrison Art Center in Garrison, New York, where I took preschool ballet. Um, and uh, I actually have the original receipt from my first um, preschool ballet classes, and it cost $22 total for a whole summer's worth of preschool ballet. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was back wow. in 1977. So, uh <laughs> But my, my parents had put me in ballet upon recommendation of my doctor. Um, when I learned how to walk, I learned uh, how to walk pigeon-toed. Um, and so I had these little special shoes, I called them. They were like little baby shoes. And then they had this metal bar yes. uh, that connected them so that you were constantly in outward rotation. And so I would waddle through the house with these little shoes. Um, and then the doctor said, you know, ballet would be really good because of the emphasis on outward rotation. So um, that's how I got involved in dance. Um, yeah, and eventually uh, added jazz into the mix um, and danced until I, I started high school um, and then quit because I wanted to play sports. And I had a very strict ballet teacher who told me that sports would build the wrong muscles. <laughs> uh -huh. And so I said goodbye to the to the dance world and um, enjoyed playing sports for a, a few years, but um, eventually found dance again in college. So nice. What sports were you playing? Let's see. I played uh, soccer and I ran track where my specialties were hurdles, high jump and long jump. So oh my gosh, that explains a lot, I think, <laughs> <laughs> of your dance world life as well. Wow, that's amazing. You know, my sister had that same, I think that's how she entered dance. She had the same pigeon-toed 
Um, and then was was told, okay, dance will help with this outward rotation. And yeah, that's so interesting. And did you feel like in taking class, were you hooked right away? Um, I think it's interesting that you made the decision to to do sports at a certain point, but. Yeah, I mean, I remember I, I was, uh, I learned how to walk at an early age and um, uh, our house in Goshen, you could sort of uh, run in circles. And I can just remember constantly running in circles and my father constantly saying, light somewhere, Heather. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was always active. And once I got into dance class, just absolutely loved it. Um and then sports just provided another at, uh, outlet for that. Um, and and I feel like really impacted my dancing long term. Um, to this day, love like highly athletic movement material, love to run on stage. <laughs> um, yeah, it gave, it gave my dancing some weight, um, especially coming from ballet early on. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. And you are a jumper too. Yes, love to jump. <laughs> yeah. So, so where did you go to college? Um, I went to undergrad at SUNY Geneseo, um, and I entered college never thinking about dance as a career. Um, I was a, 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 I have a BS in management, um, and my goal was to make a ton of money post graduation. Um, but that, that quickly changed when I rediscovered dance and, and particularly discovered modern dance. Um, and, uh, SUNY Geneseo does not have a dance major. They still don't have a dance major, but Mm. one very dedicated faculty member, Jonette Lankos, who's still teaching there, um, just, uh, she taught everything, (laughs) um, and really encouraged us to find our artistic voice. Um, she taught Humphrey Weidman technique. Um, and and so that's where I, I got my first exposure to modern dance. And of my class year in college, three of us went on to graduate school in dance. Um, she was that impactful. Um, yeah. And so, uh, you know, I also uh, took Luigi jazz dance classes uh-huh. with Scott J. Ray and really enjoyed that. Um, yeah. So, you know, still continued with ballet, uh, but really uh, found my uh, connection to dance more deeply in modern dance and jazz. Amazing. Can you say her name again? Sure. It's Jonette Lankos. It's amazing because I feel like, I mean, I feel like you are the same at St. Olaf, uh, like that same model of teaching so many classes and inspiring so many students there. So that's really quite something like she really modeled you in a way. Yeah, I definitely learned learned it from her. And she's still the exact same way. I've, I've been back. Oh, a couple years ago, she has these anniversaries of the dance company there. And um, yeah, is is exactly the same. And it's so great to be able to be with her current students and, and talk about our experiences um, with Jonette and the program. So that's so awesome. So you went to University of Illinois at Urban, Urbana-Champaign. Yep. I always mess that up. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell me, tell me about that experience. Like, 
sure. the MFA program, I bet you were exposed to some great art, guest artists and artists teaching there. I was. I, I had this real fork in the road moment at the end of undergrad where I actually applied for graduate schools in dance and in uh, I also applied for law schools mm. um, and decided that law school could wait <laughs> and uh, was lucky enough to get accepted um, to the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign's MFA program, fresh out of undergrad with, you know, relatively little training in comparison to a lot of the other grad students that I encountered at uh, U of I. Um, Yeah, uh, it was a shock, I will say, the first year there um, because I was exposed to so many different um, types of modern dance um, and much more sort of release technique um, and avant-garde um, ideas about dance making. Um, and so it took a little while to sort of find my footing, um, but was really supported from the beginning of my journey uh, by faculty Linda Lehovic, um, who I stayed in touch with for many years and worked with many years after grad school as someone that, you know, had their foot both in the ballet world, but also in the modern dance world and sort of helped me um, bridge that that divide. Um, had some wonderful classes and performing experiences with Renee Wadley, who was the main modern dance teacher there. Um, yeah, I, I, f- I felt like I really s- found um, my sense of, of myself as a, as a dancer um, and, and as a teacher, um, ultimately, and, and enjoyed my time there. Got a lot of opportunities to teach. Um, so I was teaching uh, some of the undergraduate dance classes there, but also got the opportunity to sub for a lot of the uh, dance major and graduate student dance classes. So that helped really um, sort of crystallize my my love for teaching. Um, and so graduating from graduate school, I felt like teaching dance was was what I really wanted to do. Hmm. And is it true you you came right to Minnesota to St. Olaf right after? Close. Uh, close. So the grad program I I attended was three years. And then I stayed a fourth year and taught um, as an adjunct um, and then got the job at St. Olaf. So I was pretty fresh out of grad school um, when I arrived at St. Olaf in the fall of 1999. and was literally maybe five years older than the majority of the students I was teaching at St. Olaf. <laughs> Which I think is quite unique and, and quite a wonderful connection you know, it, to have that. Yeah, it was. I mean, I think about, um, you know, some of those early students I wound up dancing with in arena later on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was just a great way to, to get started in terms of teaching dance. Um, I don't miss, I used to get um, uh, mistaken for a student all the time. And I would always have to show my faculty ID at the library or elsewhere. <laughs> that does not happen anymore. But, uh. <laughs> well, I think, so in your research of the Minnesota dance scene and making this decision to go to St. Olaf College dance, can you share maybe a perspective of, of the decision to move here, like of accepting sure. that position? And 
Yeah, I I had um I had a lot of conversations with Pat Knowles, who at the time was the chair of the dance program at the University of Illinois. And she had both wonderful things to say about St. Olive College. She knew the current, um, she knew one of the past chairs because they served in the National Association of Schools of Dance together. So she had just glowing things to say about St. Olive and knew that I wanted to teach at a small liberal arts college rather than a large university program. Um, but she also had great things to say about the Minnesota dance scene. Um, and we had actually read in one of my graduate school classes, The Poor Dancer's Almanac. And there are several chapters in it on the Minnesota dance scene huh. um, and particularly the Minnesota Dance Alliance as sort of this model organization that really helped support um, dancers, choreographers um, in the Twin Cities. Um, and so the fact that St. Olaf was 45 minutes outside of this major dance hub um, just made it hugely attractive. Um, and when I arrived uh, for my interview on campus at St. Olaf, it just felt like home. And so, uh, yeah, just right away felt um, connected to both, um, you know, the St. Olaf uh campus community, but also to the Twin Cities dance community. As soon as I started to take classes and see performances, it felt like the aesthetic that I was seeing, the types of work that I was seeing are things that um, uh, really inspired me. And, and I wanted to move like that um, and make work like that. So hmm. nice. And I feel like, was it right away that you, you know, I, I've always been amazed at your commitment to practice and, mm -hmm. you know, were you always uh, going from Northfield to the Twin Cities, taking class and being really participatory in that way? And did you start dancing for someone right away? Yeah, I mean, it. I remember, so I started in fall of 99 and started taking classes at Xenon right away. Um, and particularly early on, um, Deborah Jinza Thayer taught both a, a modern dance class and um, a somatics-based class. And right away, um, you know, connected with her and was asked to dance with, with her company, Movement Architecture. So I started working right away with her in 2000 um, and got to make um, several dances with her um, through about 2002. Um, and uh, I believe I started taking your Saturday morning modern dance class at Xenon pretty soon after moving here. Um, I know I auditioned for Arena, I think the first few months I was here. Um, and uh, really enjoyed that process. Um, but yeah, pretty much right away. And I would say, you know, up until now, there's not been a break in terms of taking class. Um, <laughs> even in the pandemic, I'm trying to find ways. <laughs> yeah, it's so amazing to me, Heather. I mean, I really, I mean, kudos. Like your, your work ethic and drive for practice, you know, and, and curiosity in that is just, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know anybody, <laughs> which, which might be completely wrong, but, but it really, you know, just to drive, do the drive, 
yep. you know, and you, you're always, you were always so prepared and clear about how, how it's going to work and how yep. you're going to do it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's, it's really, really speaks a lot to your, your passion and uh, a love of dancing and performing. So, yeah, I, I think I discovered early on in teaching that, um, that for me, the dancing fed my teaching and the teaching fed my dancing. And so that I needed both of those things um, to keep learning and to keep growing. Um, and so uh, it, I also recognize that the, the dance knowledge I have is in my body. And in order to continue growing as a teacher, I needed to keep exploring ideas through my body and taking class and performing and rehearsing are, are the ways to do that. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, to keep, to keep growing and learning. Um, yeah. Practice is just hugely important. Um, and then I think, you know, what COVID has, has really crystallized for me is the, uh, the community um, mm. sensibility, like taking class for me is, is hanging out with my friends and my community. So. Yeah, totally. Amazing. You know, and I'm trying to remember now because I I can't believe I had an audition. <laughs> there are so few and far between. Uh, but so I didn't take you right away. No. I, I remember looking at your, like, was being amazed by you. And I think I had this fear of like, well, she's coming all the way from Northfield. <laughs> like, is this possible? <laughs> yeah, we were in the smaller studio at Xenon. Um, and I was selected for like the callbacks and we had to do some partnering. And I think I was partnered with another, another woman, but I was doing the, the men's part. Um, but yeah, just remember really enjoying that experience and really enjoying the movement. Um, and it was, it was not too far after that, that, um, yeah. you did Bankrupt City Ballad and, and asked me to be a part of that. So <laughs> was that your first piece with her? That was. I that have such was. a terrible memory, Heather. <laughs> this is so great. I'm like, what did I audition? <laughs> nope. Nope. So that was, the, that was the first arena piece that I was a part of. And that was a fabulous experience. Um, yeah, got to really um, sort of dive into the the process of making this evening length work and, um, you know, just got to work with tons of people who I wound up, you know, dancing with arena for years with. And so. Yeah. And was that the one right away with Theater Latte Da? Yes. Commission? Okay. Yeah. wasn't. Wow. Amazing. That was your first work with arena. That was. Amazing to me. <laughs> Incredible. Well, it's very cool. So I guess uh, you've danced for so many people in town. Yes. Again, again, fitting that into your schedule and the <laughs> the amount of work as a dancer. Like, I, I always feel like this is the biggest lesson to learn, you know, for, for students fresh out of college or whatever. Like being a professional dancer, it's all about how organized you are, you yeah. know, and like you have to be clear with the people you're working with and yep. figure out schedules and like that alone is incredible. Can you give us just a glimpse of the names of, of sure. people you've danced for? Yeah. Um, so uh, 
you know, Deborah Jen's Affairs Movement Architecture was sort of the first um, company experience I had in the Twin Cities. Then Arena Dances uh, for from 2005 to 2010, and then more recently as a guest artist. Um, I guested with Xenon Dance. That was a fabulous experience. I got to do Danny Burcheski's Swing Concerto. Oh, my gosh. So much fun and, and got to work directly with Danny. He came back and said it. Um, I danced with Kara Sloss's uh, Eclectic Edge Ensemble. I danced with Robin Steam's Dancing People Company, though not when she was in Minnesota, but when she moved the company to Oregon. I I danced with Flying Foot Forum, which was just spectacular. Um, I wish I had more tap skills. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, I worked with Alternative Motion Project or AMP for several years. Um, I've worked with Stark Dance, Dan Stark's company more recently. I'm currently working with uh, Off Leash Area. Um, and then I've worked with uh, Stuart Pimsler Dance and Theater since 2010. And I'll be doing a remote residency with Shattuck St. Mary's School in Faribault in a month or so with them. Um, and then just so many fantastic independent choreographers in the Twin Cities. Um, uh, let's see, I've worked with Joni Smith, um, from Shapiro and Smith. I've worked with Jeffrey Peterson, Carla Grodding, Judith Howard, Paula Mann, Melissa Rolnick, Zoe Seely, um, Anthony Roberts, Judith James Reese, um, just so many incredible artists, um, and, and yeah, I just hope to, to keep going. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. And I think it, it really speaks to me about your curiosity and drive to perform. And I mean, that is quite a list, Heather. That's incredible that through the years you've been working with all those, all these people. Um, it, 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 and, and I think, you know, what, what I love about it is every one of them has a different artistic voice. Um, and I feel like I can bring, you know, my artistry to their work, but, um, I'm also getting an opportunity to explore all of these different artistic voices. So, yeah. And I think, so can you talk to me a, a little bit about, cause that's quite the range <laughs> as well, <laughs> you know, like, how do you, enter the first rehearsal perhaps with with a a choreographer with that open mind and readiness I don't know yeah I think uh, you know I'm a pretty detail oriented person and so sort of the first few rehearsals especially if they're teaching set movement material is sort of figuring out what the aesthetic is Um, if they're more sort of improvisationally based figuring out um, you know, uh, how I can be of service to that choreographer. What is it that um, I can provide as a dancer that's going to help support whatever their concept or idea is? Um, you know, music, certainly, especially in the more sort of jazz focused um, dance companies and choreographers I've worked for informs me as well. And there's just something that's always been delicious about moving to music. Um, Yeah, I I would say, you know, an openness, but sort of getting a sense of what that aesthetic is or what their uh, concept or idea is and trying to serve that 
as best I can, not by becoming a cookie cutter of, of, of them, but by bringing, you know, my artistry to help support whatever that aesthetic is or idea is. Um, yeah, it's also about the other people in the room too. You know, the people that you're dancing with, the other performers in the work, the musicians, um, yeah, just tr trying to right away establish that sense of community, um, and 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 again, learning from one another, like seeing something that you know Stephen Schroeder did in rehearsal, and just being sort of inspired and awed by it, and going, okay, how can I, you know, help? Um, how can I take some of that <laughs> um, and use it in you know Matthew's choreography? Yeah, yeah, that's funny. You you even just brought up Stephen because I remember <laughs> making um, a piece, and you and Stephen were just like blowing me away with this duet <laughs> that we were playing with together. I'm uh -huh. I wish I could remember the work. It might be <laughs> Pop Ugly. Yeah, I, I mean, we worked a lot. Uh, I mean, early on, um, you had us as as duet partners, and yeah, yeah. ugly was um, we were we duetted a lot. So, and I yeah. I see him almost every day now. I, I sort of laugh. He's the um, our tech director at in the Saint Olaf Dance Department. So, <laughs> such a gift. Yeah, such a gift. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, such a great guy. Um, amazing. So you mentioned you've been with Stuart Pimsler. Uh, you're considered a principal dancer uh, with the company for 10 years now. Yes. With them moving on to 10 plus maybe. Yes. <laughs> and I know that, uh, you know, Stuart's company does a lot of outreach yep. and, and kind of creating dances based upon that outreach. Can you give a little insight into how that works? Sure. Um, so, you know, we, we do a lot of workshops, a lot of outreach with a lot of different communities, a lot of different groups, but one of the sort of consistent communities that, that, um, I've worked with, with SPDT over the last 10 years are caregivers. Um, and in fact, they have a program called caring for the caregiver. Hmm. Um, and, uh, often this would be either a one-time workshop or a series of workshops, um, and we would help uh, the participants who were caregivers of all sorts, nurses, doctors, end-of-life caregivers. Um, uh, we would allow them to express their, their stories, their emotions um, through movement and voice. Um, and so we would lead them through improvisational movement and writing exercises. Um, and this was always at their own level of skill and comfort. Um, since most were non-dancers. Non um, and it would just give them an outlet to be able to tell their stories in a different way. Um, you know, one of the, the most impactful community-based projects um, that I was involved with, um, with SPDT, is something called the Listen Project um, from 2016, um, it was a collaboration between SPDT and um, the Gildas Club, Twin oh, Cities. Um, yeah, yeah. And the Gildas Club is named after Gilda Radner, performer with um, Saturday Night Live, who, who died of cancer. 
Um, and the Gildas Clubs, um, they have locations all over the United I'm States. I'm far familiar with it. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Honestly. <laughs> um, uh, but there, it's for cancer survivors and their families. Um, yeah. And so co-artistic director uh, Suzanne Costello um, collaborated with the Gildas Club, and we had a series of listening sessions um, that enabled cancer survivors, family members to tell their stories. And then we started to um, craft those stories into movement, into text. Um, and created an evening-length work. Um, and that evening-length work uh, featured 22 Gildas Club participants, as well as eight SPDT performers. Um, and just was, yeah, one of the most impactful um, events I've ever been a part of, to, to be on stage and to tell their stories through movement, through song, through text, um, was yeah just amazing um, do you know the title of that work yeah it the full work is called listen stories of cancer told through movement music and voice i believe there is uh i believe the local pbs um station um created a documentary that i've seen um so if you go to the local pbs website um you can have access to the documentary Oh, very cool. Yeah. And, and what theater was that performed in? That was in the, um, oh, um, uh, not the Southern has a brick wall. Um, the lab theater? Thank you. Thank ah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> having, having COVID brain like. No, not at all. <laughs> I haven't been Let in a theater in a year. Um, <laughs> yes, it was at the lab theater. Very cool. And because I, I feel like there was also a work that I've seen at the Guthrie that Stuart did Love Letters. Uh, Tales yeah. from the Book of Longing? Yes, that's it. Okay. <laughs> totally. Yeah. <different. laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, one of the, the fabulous things about Stuart and Suzanne's work is that um, it's always connected to community. I mean, everything from we did a project called Temporary Shelter, where there was a book of stories that Stuart had recorded um, from the tornado that went through North Minneapolis. And then we had um, each of the company members got to create a solo based on one person's story and perform it. Um, We've toured, we've taken this Caring for the Caregiver workshop to Mexico City and got to work with um, caregivers um, at hospitals around Mexico City. And that was a, a fabulous experience to just to recognize in terms of um, Mexican culture. Uh, people are just so much uh, more comfortable with touching one another. Mm, yeah. So a lot of the same exercises that we would do here in the States when we did them in Mexico City, you know, people are lifting other people. And it was just just an incredible experience. Um, but yeah, just this, um, the you know, dance at the service of experience expressing story. So story is sort of the central focus of both the, the performing or stage work of SPDT, but also the community work. That's so amazing. You know, I think it's interesting, Heather, too, like, I feel like you, 
have had the opportunity to tour so much yeah. uh, with Stewart as well as other companies. But can you can you give a little? <laughs> I always think it's interesting. I'm looking back on myself now, uh-huh. like my first tour with jazz dance of like having no idea what to expect. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel like there could be a little bit of a, a model or a conversation that needs to happen <laughs> uh, for dancers that it's like their first time. Cause there's yeah. such a naivete or, or just like, okay, here I go. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I love touring and I can't wait to do it again. Um, It was an opportunity to sort of, you know, get out of the regular routine of, you know, whether it be teaching at St. Olaf or even rehearsing and and taking dance class in Minneapolis, seeing other parts of the world, interacting with other parts of the world. It, It also, you know, when you're on tour with a company, it's a bonding experience. I mean, uh, my roommate for the first uh, five years of touring with SPDT was Roxanne Wallace Patterson. You know, you just bond with with those folks. And then, um, you know, I was roommates with Carrie Mosel. And then um, the last few years of touring with SPDT, I was actually roommates with Catherine Griffiths, who was a former student of mine from St. Olaf. So that bond that you have with those company members is really um, solidified on tour. And so, I mean, so many stories, many of them I would never repeat (laughs) 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 on the radio of, um, you know, just, you know, after performances, eating out as a company, you know, going dancing as a company. Um, Yeah, I just, I I love touring and, you know, um, both St. Olaf was, is generous enough to allow me some days off to do that, but also, you know, Stuart and Suzanne um, have been very uh, gracious in allowing me to join tours halfway through or later mm. so that, um, you know, I'm not gone from, from St. Olaf for very long. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I have the experience of touring as well. And I, I have this sense, I could be totally wrong here, but it just, kind of get your opinion sometimes I felt as though when I was away and performing as a as a performer I performed better yeah uh in in a weird way like maybe it was like I don't know anybody out in the audience let's go you know like there was this a little sense of freedom in a way that well, there isn't that same sort of hometown pressure or, you know, you look out and it's like, oh, I took class with that person. And what are they thinking? <laughs> There's yeah. real freedom to to not knowing um, folks in the audience. But also, I mean, that's at least for me, that's the dream to just mm. be performing all the time. And so on tour, it felt like the ultimate. You're you're traveling to this place specifically um, you know, to perform. Um, yeah. I, I mean, one of the, the best, you know, touring experiences I had, um, you know, we went to Dusseldorf, Germany uh, to perform in a dance festival with Stuart Pimsler Dance and Theater. And we got to perform in this art gallery space in Dusseldorf. Um, it was just incredible. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, to travel overseas and to see, you know, it was part of a dance festival. So we got to see a lot of um, European companies mm. uh, work live and that was just incredible. But yeah, I love touring. I can't wait for it to, to come back. <laughs> yeah. And I so agree too. Like there's so many people that I look up to in this community, that hometown pressure, I think. You're like, oh, I'm going to make them proud. And it like adds this yep. strange <laughs> mind game yep. uh, that I could play on myself. Interesting. But, you know, you know, you know, I still, when I think about Minnesota or Minneapolis dance, um, I think of the Southern theater, like my mm. book immediately goes there. Like nothing says dance in the Twin Cities to me, like the Southern theater. I think it was one of the first places I performed and it's just, you know, quintessentially um, Minnesota dance for me. So there's something also really wonderful and lovely about performing for, you know, other people in the community. Um, so, yeah, the Southern definitely has that intimacy and, Yep. You know, I think that long-standing fact that they embraced the dance community, like it really was the venue for so yep. long, that there's a lot of nostalgia for that, yes. for sure. Yeah. Wow. Well, Heather, do you have a, this is always a hard one, because I feel like there can be so many, but do you have a couple uh, highlight collaborations, performances, or memories that I mean, it could even be just like a silly thing that happened in the studio <laughs> um, that stand out to you or that you feel like you grew from. Yeah. I mean, there's, again, like you said, there's so many, um, but some that sort of pop to the, to the front of my mind. Um, let's see, performing in the Lost Voices in Jazz project. Oh, yeah. This was a project in 2015 that was directed by Carla Grodding where um, we remounted the work of Minnesota choreographers lost to AIDS in the 1980s who had worked in Minnesota. And just, I can remember the opening night, um, you know, feeling the curtain go up, uh, you know, I was dancing a solo and the, the heaviness of the, you know, the responsibility of, of performing this work for these these people's families and the power of, you know, this work coming back to life. Um, so that's one certainly, you know, impactful memory. Um, an, another really, uh, you know, impactful piece collaboration, whatever was, was performing water bridge with arena. Uh, um, yeah. Certainly one of the most challenging and artistically rewarding works um, I think partly because of where I was in in my process as a as a performer, I feel like I started to really find my voice. Um, but also, you know, the work was challenging. It was an evening length work, lots and lots and lots of dancing. Um, Ways to Behold is is a work of SPDTs that um, was one of the first works I performed with them. Um, and we've had the opportunity to perform it um, all over. We performed it in Mexico City. We performed it in Dusseldorf, Germany. And just um, the power of that piece, um, Tayo Siolo uh, is the, the narrator um, for that work. And just, um, I, I felt like it was the, one, of the, one of the most impactful 
um, dance pieces I've ever been a part of. Um, yeah. And so is that the one with the, the coats? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah. There's a, a Minnesota original special on, on that piece as well that I think does a really great job at sort of digging into, um, the making of it and kind of behind the scenes, but yeah, hugely, hugely impactful work. Um, yeah, Tales from the Book of Longing is another yeah. SPT. I've probably I've performed that more than any other work of theirs. Um, just the the lushness, the lyricalness. I, I feel like it, it it fits who I am as a performer immensely, and and got to perform a duet with with Brian Evans, um, uh, fantastic um, partner performer. Yeah, we used to call him Love on Legs. He just, <laughs> yeah, just he just radiates. Um, yeah, love. And I joy. love that. <laughs> I think also it speaks a lot to, you know, getting to perform a work over and over and over. Yes. Like, I know for me as a performer, I want to get to a place with something where I'm so bored of it, in a way that it's <laughs> yeah. like you're, 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 you're just doing it and expressing it at its most natural uh raw state you know what i mean like you're not putting anything upon it it's like yep. the honest the most honest and i think to have that opportunity can you can you talk about that for yourself as well like getting to do a work over and over and over yeah yeah for me it's it, it's a it was a really good thing. I, I love that because it frees you from, okay, what's the next movement? Mm. It takes you out of that place. And you can really sort of explore whether it's the emotion of the piece, you um, finding surprising moments. And for me, that's a good thing. Um, I tend to be more of a type A personality and I like things predictable and comfortable. And um, when you get to perform a work over and over and over again, there's that support of the comfort that allows you then, uh, for me, it allows me to really leap into the unknown and try new things. But there's still this sort of safety net of I've done, my body knows what this piece is. Um, and so I felt like I could really go farther with things. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. find like new layers to, to work through, to explore, um, again, because the, my body knew the material. Yeah. It makes me wonder too, like an approach of keeping it, how you do keep that fresh, yeah. the awareness of that, or, you know, maybe you make eye contact with another dancer at a certain point or something that. Or you I change the timing of, of something, mm. uh, you know, or uh, Stuart sometimes would even re-choreograph something or change things up after a period of time, um, I think, to, to you know, get us out of that, that groove. <laughs> mm, interesting. So. Yeah. Wow. So amazing. So you said that you're, you're collaborating right now with Off Leash? Yes. Um, Jennifer Isle is creating, well, this, this started pre-pandemic, but um, we've been rehearsing during the pandemic. Um, it's a, a cast of, of 
powerful women of all ages. Um, the piece will ultimately have um, live uh, singers as well as a part of it. Mm. Um, I believe we're videoing part of it in April. And then the hope is to do a live performance outdoors somewhere in June. Okay. Um, and so that's been really great to have, um, you know, a creative process during this Um so just so thankful to be a part of that. Um, we She was rehearsing one-on-one with mm-hmm. each of the performers. Um, and now we're rehearsing two or three dancers at a time in a space, masked, physically distanced, all that good yeah. stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just been great to be a part of a creative process again. That's so great. And I mean, I, again, as dancers, performers, I think the the need to have that spiritual movement, yes. <laughs> you know, expressivity happening is so important. Yep. And is, is Stuart still on break right now with, with everything? Yeah, we've done, um, I wasn't able to be a part of the virtual or the remote residency that they did in the fall at, um, I believe, University of Minnesota Duluth. Um, but I will be a part of a remote residency that they're doing at Shattuck St. Mary's in Faribault in another month. Um, but that's pretty much it at this point. Um, so we'll see, you know, as we come out of the pandemic, (laughs) (laughs) what the future holds, but yeah, can't wait to be back in the studio with that group. So so great. Well, Heather, it's just awesome talking to you again. I, I think you know this, but just how grateful I am for my growth as a choreographer, getting to work with you and have you in the studio, you know, always was amazed at, at your, you know, I look for a, in a dancer, that expressivity, but also the pushing beyond what, whatever I am creating, you know, mm-hmm. and making it their own. And, you know, you have that gift, uh, and, and it's just beautiful to watch. So, uh, thank you for that. <laughs> um, but also thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. It's great to just get glimpses. I know of, of people's stories here, but, uh, really, really, really awesome. And thank you for everything you're doing with St. Olaf students and just expanding upon our Dancers in this community, specifically, (laughs) you know, we're 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 in person, physically distanced, mask wearing, and dancing fully. So amazing! Yep, awesome. Well, thank you. Have a great, great one. You too, Matthew. Thanks for joining us today. Next week, we talk with Eve Schulte, now executive director of James Sewell Ballet and longtime dance artist within the community for over 12 years with Sewell Ballet.